0: Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly.
1: From WBEZ Chicago and PRX, this is Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis.
2: And I'm Greg Cott. This year, Illinois joins the list of states where recreational marijuana is legal. It's a drug that has inspired much music. Today, we're going to share our favorite songs about pot. And after we're chilling with some of those tracks, we'll pump you up with another edition of The Rock
1: Doctors, where we're going to suggest some songs to get psyched for a female Muay Thai
2: fighter. Plus, we find out the unexpected song that got Australian singer-songwriter Angie McMahon hooked on Sonics. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, we're going to don our white coats for a segment that we like to call The Rock Doctors. We're going to suggest some pump-up music for a science teacher who moonlights as a fierce Muay Thai fighter. But first, marijuana and music. 736 episodes of Sound Opinions, Greg.
1: It's kind of shocking we have yet to get to the greatest popular music (laughs) songs about pot. I mean, because let's face it, from the very beginning, from before the beginning, uh, there have been songs about this drug. Uh, It's a new year. Sound Opinions comes to you from Chicago. Illinois is the latest state to make recreational marijuana use legal. Um, I think that we have been seeing this sweep the country to varying degrees. Uh, You know, it's been a big deal here, and it got us thinking about how this drug has influenced uh, music, both in terms of the sonics and the lyrical content. We are not necessarily advocating the use of this drug. In fact, uh, it's like my least favorite. (laughs) But there are
2: many, many songs of people who do. Yes, indeed, Jim. I want to take it all the way back to the 1930s. And before you say, what is he talking about? Well, not only were there many, many songs written about pot smoking in the 30s, they were swinging, they were hard hitting. These guys did not mince words. They were very explicit which I found fascinating. You know, mm-hmm. this is, we're, we're just coming off the Prohibition era, into the 30s, we're in the midst of the Depression. Pot was floating around the music scenes back then, particularly in the R&B, jazz, you know, what would become R&B was starting around this time. And you had some top-shelf songwriters writing about it. J. Russell Robinson, a piano player from Indiana, is the man who wrote Reefer Man, the song I'm going to play next. This guy looks like a straight arrow milk toast kind of guy, like the last guy on earth that would be smoking no. weed. But he was a pretty darn good songwriter. He wrote a bunch of jazz classics, including "Singin' the blues. Cab Calloway owned this song in 1930. He goes, yes, this is, I can relate. These lines he sings with such relish. He smokes a reefer, he gets high, then flies to the sky. It was around the scene, as I said. People like Tampa Red, Fats Waller, the eating spots, they were all singing songs about pot. Here's one of the very best, Cab Calloway, Reefer Man, from 1932, on Sound Opinions.
3: Oh, have you ever met that funny reefer man? Reefer man! Have you ever met that funny reefer man? Reefer man! If he says he swam to China, and he sells you South Carolina, then you know you're talking to that reefer man. Reefer man! Have you ever met that funny reefer man? Anytime time he takes notion and you no know you talk to Jews, people may watermelon pickles then you know you're talking to that reefer man man. have you ever met fun reefer man man. have you ever met a funny reefer man man. if he takes a sudden mania wants to give you pennsylvania then you know you're talking to the reefer man
2: That is Cab Calloway with Reefer Man going back to 1932. This song you're going to play next, Jim, I guarantee is not going to be quite that old. No, it's not. I'm going to go to Peter Tosh's
1: Legalize It. But first, Greg, I want to point out that that period in the 30s where Calloway sang Reefer Man and where marijuana was beginning to be demonized, one of my favorite literary journalists, Eric Schlosser, has written what I think is the definitive book on the war against legalizing Mm -hmm. marijuana, right? Reefer Madness, Sex, Drugs, and Cheap Labor in the American Black Market. In this book in 2004, Schlosser looked at the criminalization of marijuana as part and parcel with migrant labor and pornography Mm -hmm. and said that it was like economic forces of these black market profit centers that sent so many people wrongfully to prison Mm -hmm. or got them deported. And that is what we are seeing happen in America is that being upturned. Mm -hmm. I think after the legalization of gay marriage, the biggest social upheaval I've seen. But here's Peter Tosh way back in 1976. He's just left Bob Marley's band, The Wailers, and uh, he debuts with a solo album that is titled and the song is titled Legalize It. Right? What is he talking about? some call it Tamji, some call it the weed, some call it marijuana, some call it ganja Mm -hmm. never mind, got to legalize it, don't criticize it this is what Tosh is saying now obviously there are many Bob Marley, many reggae songs we could turn to, the Rastafarian religion viewed marijuana as a sacrament, Mm -hmm. uh, as a way of getting closer to nature, as a way of getting closer to God that doesn't mean that there wasn't often humor and celebration of the more hedonistic aspects. I think this is a perfect song, and you know it's only taken since 1976 for Tosh to be heated. But uh, who'd have thought? You know, Congress and lawmakers hmm. now listening to Peter Tosh, legalize it on Sound Opinions. Legalize it.
4: Don't criticize.
1: legalize it the great Peter Tosh and uh, you're gonna stay in this vein Greg for your next pick
2: I am indeed I I'm happy that you played that legalize it because that was one of the songs obviously we were both considering it, uh, it it's such a key track uh, and at the time it came out everybody was like yeah you know this is <laughs> why isn't it legal what's what's wrong with this you know but you know Rita Marley the uh, widow of Bob Marley Bob Marley died in in 1981, the same year that the song I'm going to play was released, it was a huge hit for Rita Marley um, in 1981 uh, from her "Who Feels It Knows It" record. The track is called "One Draw," uh, which is obviously what it's referring to. It's a very enthusiastic ode to sensimilla. The whole idea that this was a wisdom weed, as smoked by mm. the Rastafarians, you know, you could gain wisdom and life knowledge. And there's even some controversial lines in this in some versions of this song where a Rasta school teacher is educating her children about you know the the wisdom that can be found in marijuana, naturally, to refer back to what you were talking about in the way that this has been demonized, the BBC banned the song from the airwaves in England, nonetheless, it sold two million copies there it was a huge hit in part because it was considered. You know, kind of elicit what she was singing about. So here we have an example of a song that was widely loved by certain generations of listeners, and yet really upset the authorities in that country. Rita Marley with one draw from 1981
5: on Sound Opinions. I
2: draw. Loretta Marley, big hit in 1981. Jim, what do you got next on uh, the pot front? Well, Greg, when I was 13 and an older cousin, Elaine,
1: discovered the clash, she passed on Black Sabbath's Master of Reality album to me. And I put on mm. the opening track, it's the third of Black Sabbath's career, 1971, and I hear this incredible echoed cough. <laughs> and then the immortal lyrics of Sweetly. You know, Rare in rock history has there been such sincerity and stupidity, uh, you know, (laughs) delivered. Ozzy tells us. When When I first met you, didn't realize, I can't forget you, or your surprise, you introduced me to my mind and left me wanting you and your kind I love you. What does he love? He loves the sweet leaf. He loves marijuana. He and Tony Iommi, guitarist in Black Sabbath, were passing a joint. Iommi coughed. It wound up on tape. They kept it. It's a really kind of touching tribute. And it's got everything you love about Black Sabbath. It's got that larger-than-life Tony Iommi riff. It's got Bill Ward playing, you know, drums with a cinder block, falling down a flight of stairs. You know, geezer butler keeping the, the bottom. And Ozzy, back when he really was Ozzy, I think he probably leaves. This is profound poetry. And I, you know, there were times at 13 where it seemed as if it was. Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath.
2: Lee from Black Sabbath, uh, quintessential stoner song, Jim. Yes. Do you have a favorite song about pot? I'm talking about you, our listeners. We don't smoke marijuana in Muskogee. Call and leave a message on our hotline with your answer and why at 888-859-1800 or find us on Facebook or Twitter. After a break, Jim and I share some more songs about marijuana. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. living right
3: and being free.
1: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. Uh, the guy who's Bogart in that joint is Greg <laughs> Cott. And this new decade brings the legalization of marijuana in the state of Illinois, with many other states reconsidering criminalization of this drug. That got us thinking about the many decades of tracks about weed. And this week, we are sharing some of our favorites.
2: Greg, you're up next. Uh it- Indeed, Jim. Uh, as you pointed out with Sweetleaf, there are indeed some tongue-in-cheek aspects to some of these songs about smoking pot. You love it, and at the same time, you realize the ridiculousness of championing. Uh, see, this, I think you know? I think like any drug. You know, it it lowers your inhibitions, and maybe you don't realize how stupid you sound <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> That is a you know a point of contention with I would say early Black Sabbath You do kind of <laughs> they do sort of you know t- you know they're they're sort of back and forth on that uh, yeah. stupid and smart uh, spectrum right Electric Wizard in two thousand I think took it to another level they were very much uh, apostles of the Black Sabbath catalog especially those first four albums uh, a trio led by one Juz Oborn. Who uh, created a record called Dope Throne in 2000, <laughs> which he said would be the most disgusting, foul, putrid record that anyone has ever recorded. The title track is 20 minutes long, which makes it um, not nearly as long as Sleep's uh, magnum opus Jerusalem. on the very same subject, Jerusalem slash Dope Smoker. So there were many, many uh, stoner bands in this era putting out uh, songs that were paying homage To the substances which they were ingesting in order to uh, induce these flights of fancy. Mm -hmm. So he's singing about three things in this song over and over again. He's he's talking about amplifiers cranked up. He's talking about the end of the world. And he's talking about getting as high as possible to let it all sort of sink in and think about it. The sort of pseudo philosophical stoner babble. The lyrics are hilarious. Rise, blank amps, tear the sky. Feedback will free your mind and set you free. Rise, blank amps, <laughs> tear the sky. Riff, hewn altar, wreathed in smoke and I, weed. I'm sticking with sweet leaf, but that's pretty moving too. <laughs> I, you know, what can I say? It's 20 minutes of just extreme uh, music in that vein. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna smoke pot, this is like, you know, this is the soundtrack, right? Dope Throne from Electric Wizard. A, a small segment of Dope Throne, I should point out, from Electric Wizard on Sound Opinions.
1: Dope Throne by the brilliant Electric Wizard. Uh, Greg, I am going to shift genres now. The number of times you and I sat through Cypress Hill on those alternative band concert bills in the early 90s. Modern rock radio. You know, and and Lollapalooza, of course. Uh, Cypress Hill was often the representative rap act. Although, in retrospect, I think uh, this group that came together... In the late 80s, first album, 91, in Southgate, California, is unique in many ways uh, because the members were Latinx, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and they were bringing a a distinctly Latino perspective to uh, dope and everything else that they rapped about. Uh, also, DJ Muggs, I think, is one of those characters, producers in rap that don't get the credit uh, deserved because speaking of Black Sabbath and Electric Wizard, mm-hmm. he was fascinated with psychedelic, dark, menacing, ominous sounds. Because a big part of their thing was ghost story, murder, mystery, right. horror, tale, imagery. And they were always campaigning for normal. I mean, they were serious about their activism. When Cypress Hill was playing a gig, even on one of those 12-band bills, there was a normal table mm-hmm. out front, you know, and they were pushing this. Um, so they they rapped about this frequently. But I think the all-time great track is from the Black Sunday album in 93 hits from the bong. Uh, you know? <laughs> and as with Sweet Leaf and The Cough, you have DJ Muggs wrapping in the sound of sucking hard on a bong right from the opening of the song all the way through. And then I love the perversion of this or the contrast built the track on a loop of Dusty Springfield's Son of a Preacher Man. You know, I, I don't think a lot of Cypress Hill holds up well. Uh, I guess you really had to be there, a phrase I don't like to use. But this, I think, sounds as brilliant now as it did back in the day, even though it doesn't say anything. It just keeps telling you, hits from the bong, hits from the bunk, and I get a hit? Hits from the bunk. Here they are, Cypress Hill on Sound Opinions. From the Bong by Cypress Hill on Sound Opinions. We are doing great songs about marijuana. Greg, you're going to stay in the hip-hop
2: vein? Absolutely. Uh, Missy Elliott, one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, riffing on uh, Passing the Dutch. In fact, that's the name of the song, Pass That Dutch. That is a common phrase among the tokers out there. You know what we're talking about. Dutch masters, that was considered primary uh, rolling uh, paper for a nice thick blunt if you wanted a nice thick blunt you got the dutch masters out right uh past the duchy musical youth big hit yep, in 1982 yep. part of the lexicon of 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 hip-hop music and part of the lexicon of smoking pot uh missy elliott picking up on it in 2003 from the this is not a test record in, in this song she basically is talking about uh, rapping about smoking pot while twerking. Now no don't try this at home, folks. That can be could be dangerous. But in the dance club it's totally acceptable, even encouraged. But what I also like about this song is okay, it's it's a, it's a very danceable song, but those fast hand claps, those deep bass lines, those drums that go bumpity bump bump and mm-hmm. the swanky horn riff and the and the subliminal voices in the background, that Timbaland production, you don't have to dance to this track. You can put on the headphones and while you're smoking a nice fat one you are uh, you are, can get lost in the density of the detail in the production of this song. You're,
1: you're getting way too excited. I don't so know it works if I'm on two with fronts. With it. Yeah,
2: the, it's the pot smoking. You know, it's all uh, right. Uh, uh, okay, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely it's definitely a two pronged uh, track for the uh, the the pot smoking lovers out there. It is Missy Elliott with "Pass That Dutch" on Sound Opinions.
5: Here I come, pumps in the bump, make you wanna hurt, hurt something. something. I can take your man, I don't have to Jackson. sex something, Hang him out the window, call me Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm a pain in your rectum, I am <laughs> dead. all slept on. Heavy hit around, spit up, call me rerun. Hey, 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 I'm um, what's happening? <laughs> Hypnotic in my drink, that's right. Shake it till it's stink, that's right. Mr. Moe's on the beat, that's right. Put it down for the street, that's right. Shake, shake your stuff, baby. Yes. that, 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 pop that, chicklet your clothes get wet. Number one, drums go bump, bump, bump. This beat here will make it home boom, jump. If you use a fat one, put your clothes back on before you start putting potholes on my lawn. Oh, my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm under attack like my name was Saddam. I am the bomb from New York to my lawn, and now I can write a song, sickle then, Jeffrey Dawn. Who touched my car alarm? Breaking my car, you will hear Viper arm. I've been a superstar since Daddy King was raw. I'm live on stage, come on and give me some applause. Thank you. Thank you. You all are so wonderful.
2: Pass that Dutch from Missy Elliott. Uh, Jim, we've got one more pot-smoking song for us, right? I, I do, Greg, and it's sort of
1: a twofer in some ways. Uh, The track I'm going to play is by The Moles. What's the new Mary Jane? Uh, The Moles were a psychedelic pop band that formed in Sydney, Australia, around singer-songwriter Richard Davies in uh, 88. They broke up in 93 after one album. Uh, He went on to a lot of interesting things. Cardinal uh, with Eric Matthews in the mid-90s, really the birth of that orc pop movement that exploded Mm -hmm. for a good decade. But uh, with... The Moles. It was a more standard psychedelic pop sound along the lines of Paisley Underground bands we talked about this year. There had been, for a long time, before Capitol Records reissued, repackaged, resold every scrap of anything the Beatles ever recorded, a famous Lost Beatles track called What's the New Mary Mm -hmm. Jane? It was a John Lennon track about marijuana. So Davies in the early 90s kind of wrote the song that nobody had ever heard from the Beatles. Now, you know, this is one of the worst Beatle tracks ever. What's the <laughs> new Mary Jane? Uh, you know, it's got none of the great melody you expect in a Beatles song, and it's got the worst rhyme of any Beatles track ever, wherein Lennon rhymes Yeti with spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know if you, you remember that song. It was on one of the anthologies. Yeah, Richard Davies' song with the moles, What's the New Mary Jane, is, is far better. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's a great uh, melody. It's, it's a What's the New Mary Jane. I, I guess he's looking for something even stronger mm-hmm. than marijuana. And now that marijuana is marching toward legality in much of the United States of America. I guess that's the question. What's the new drug? Uh, Anyway, this is a timeless piece of psychedelic pop on Sound Opinions.
2: What's the new Mary Jane from The Moles? That's concluding our segment on pot-smoking songs. If you, our listeners, have a favorite song about pot, give us a call at 888-859-1800 and leave a message with your pick and why. Or connect with us on Facebook or Twitter. Coming up, we clock in as the Rock Doctors to recommend a song that will help a fighter make quick work of her opponents. Plus, we hear from Australian singer-songwriter Angie McMahon about the song that got her hooked on Sonics. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott. He's Jim DeRogatis. And every once in a while, we clock in as the rock doctors. We have our patients come to us for some musical expertise to help them get through a situation in their life. We prescribe them something musical and then check back in to see if it worked. This week, we are talking to a Chicago teacher with a very physical hobby,
1: who's asked for our help. Shannon, welcome to Sound Opinions, and I want to know right off the top, is it true that you're talking to us on your lunch break? That's correct. It is a great calling. Thank you for serving our children. But you have this interesting sidelight, right? Yes. Tell us about your athletic endeavors.
6: I'm 45 years old now,
1: and for the past
6: 25 years, I've been in martial arts, anything from Shory Gaoju, which is types of karate. I've moved to American kickboxing and within the last 5 years I've done a lot of western boxing and now I'm doing Muay Thai, which is a type of Thai boxing.
1: Hmm. Now how how is that different than anything uh, that I well I'm not that I'm familiar with any martial arts. I don't know if you are Greg either. No. But what what distinguishes uh, Muay Thai is what you're saying?
6: Yeah. These types of boxing, Muay Thai boxing or Dutch boxing, we all sort of umbrella under kickboxing, and this particular type of boxing uses eight points versus just hands and feet. It's using legs, feet, hands, and it's clinching, where you grab onto the opponent, and you can still kick the opponent at close contact. So it's a 16th century combat art within Thailand. But, yeah, I've been competitive in it, and I've spent some time in Thailand fighting.
2: Wow. we have a serious job in front of us here, Jim. What, uh, Shannon, do you specifically need some musical yeah, why, recommendations why, why you, for? Why are you coming to the Rock Doctors?
6: Because in my last bout in Thailand, I would show up to a place, and there's maybe a thousand spectators at any given wow. time. And it's nothing like the U.S., you know, and would be lucky if 30 people come and see you. And I would just sort of come out, and they, they would always play, you know, walk-up music, and never really talked to me about what they're playing, and and every time it was really odd. Over the summer, I would hear "Welcome to the Jungle" by Guns N' Roses. The jungle, well Endearing. I mean, I I thought it was interesting because I'm in the middle of a jungle and
3: (laughs) nonetheless, uh,
6: it's, uh, you know, the American is here and that is just not me. And I started thinking, wow, what is a song that I can come walk up to and really feel it and sort of have it represent who I am as a fighter? And so I, I came to you and sought out some help.
1: I, I'm a little intimidated. I listen to the show. I, listen to the show. Well, I feel uh, like if, thank I, you, thank if we you. don't come through, it, we're going to get our butts kicked. I am certain yeah. Shannon
2: could take both of us yeah. and not even break a sweat. I'm
6: pretty certain I can. I, I,
2: believe I, can. <laughs> 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 I mean, Shannon, where were you in uh, the playground in fifth grade when every time there was a recess, <laughs> a fight would break out? You know, I could have used your help back then. Anyway, I'm inspired, Jim. I think... You want music, Shannon. Your tastes tend toward more. What, hard rock, punk, that kind of stuff? What are your favorites?
6: I mean, I love Dark Wave. I love punk. I love Grindcore. I love Fugazi. You know, Mm. I mean, I love it all. But I really tend to lean more toward... But I'm not ruling out other things, you know? I love the monks. I love R&B. I'm like the walking CBGB. How about that? All right. And and you
1: also need this to, to like, introduce yourself to potentially a thousand spectators in Thailand, right? You want this uh, to—it's serving
2: multiple purposes here. That's what threw me for a while, Greg. Yeah. Uh, But what what was your recommendation? Obviously, you're about to fight somebody in front of a a crowd that is cheering, and, and you want to get the crowd revved up you want to get yourself revved up. I would think that you don't want to waste any time. When you're playing this intro music, you better be right on it, you know? That's right. Um, so the, the track I want to recommend is uh, by a band named Power Trip, and the name of the song is Executioner's Tax, Swing of the Axe. And <laughs> I, I love this band. They're from Dallas. The lyrics are actually more substantive than one might imagine for a group that calls itself Power Trip. They're They're actually talking here in this song about apathy and about, hey, get off the couch, pal, and do something about it. You know, it's like, you know, make it happen. And the vibe is, you mentioned punk. I think there's sort of a cross between that thrash metal sound of the 80s and punk. There's some electronic elements in the music, too, but it's anthemic. The song doesn't waste any time. It, It just leaps out of the speakers at you. I mean, you put this on, Shannon, I guarantee you, that somebody's going to want to start fighting you know so i mean <laughs> and hopefully it'll be you you know? going
6: to start a uh, thailand ballroom. exactly
2: want a riot going uh, on maybe man.
6: everyone's going to start right, right.
1: Sounds like a great uh, prescription, Greg. I, I was I was stumped on this for a long time, Shannon, because uh, I was thinking girl power. Uh, right. I saw between the lines you love punk, but I also think that in order to motivate the crowd, you needed something a little groovier. And then I was watching uh, the last episode of this great uh, prestige TV series on becoming a god in Central Florida, right? <laughs> and it is a wonderful star turn by the great. Beth Ditto, appearing alongside Kirsten Dunst, and I was like, the gossip, yes, this is what Shannon needs. The gossip, okay. The third studio album, Standing in the Way of Control, was really the one that broke this wonderful, uh, she proudly calls herself, a fat activist activist. A uh, anti-homophobic fighter. Uh, She is a lesbian. She grew up poor, evangelical, Southern Baptist, Pentecostal in Arkansas. Remakes herself as this larger-than-life dance punk front woman. Dance punk in the sense that La Tigra was. And Standing in the Way of Control was The Gossip's, uh, I think, danciest, grooviest album. Uh, You know, Beth then made a solo record, kind of went off the rails, uh, reimagined herself in the worlds of fashion and acting now. Now, I was really thinking about this, right? Because martial arts are part art and part uh, butt-kicking, you know? And, yeah, and I yeah. think in this record, Standing in the Way of Control, I'm going to give you the title track. She is psyching out her opponent in some way. Your back's against the wall. There's no one home to call. You're forgetting who you are. You can't stop crying, right? You want to get in your opponent's head, I would imagine, as well as get them flat on the mat or whatever it is you do to decimate them. Um, surviving's the only one way you know uh, is what beth is singing and uh you know whoever is in front of her whether it was an ex-lover whether it was uh the political forces she often rails against they are standing in the way of control and you know where they're going they're going down they're going down. there's no doubt As always, you are free to tell us we were both completely wrong, but but try them out, bring them to the gym, and then we'll check back with you.
6: Gotcha. Thanks, guys. I'm gonna try them out.
2: Let's check in with Shannon. Welcome back to uh, Sound Opinions.
6: Hi. Thanks for having me.
2: Now you you haven't gotten to try our prescriptions out as
1: introducing a match, but you did you bring them to a workout?
6: I did. I actually brought him into some sparring sessions. Ah, okay. So I probably went through him three times a piece.
1: Oh, all right. Well, that's a serious, uh, serious tryout.
6: My whole gym was was in on it. So oh, right. all right.
1: Yeah. Did you win the matches, the sparring matches?
2: Of course. <laughs> oh wow! <well>, yeah, <laughs> I do not doubt it, Shannon. What worked for you and what didn't, Shannon?
6: Well, when you guys first suggested the songs. You know, it was like this bias thing automatically. I love the gossip. I love, you know, the whole feminist thing. I love the music. I love them. I didn't know anything about Power Trip, really, which was odd. Um, but I'm going to go with Power Trip. Uh-huh. All right. The executioner's tax. Swing the axe. I mean, we were all swinging it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because walking up there, when you're testing these songs out, there's a really, really distinct time signature with power trip, and it's that syncopated. You know, it's perfect when you're walking up. Mm-hmm. And all of those things aside, you know, of course I, I support the women and, and martial arts, and you know all these things. And I love the gossip for all those ideas. And but when I'm walking up there, you know, it's a mindset of hit or be hit.
3: <laughs> and
6: that song was like, okay, it's time. Let's let's, let's start the brutal act here. <laughs> It's not about masculinity at that point or anything. It's about, you know, going in and getting it done.
2: One thing I was thinking of, Shannon, when I recommended that was that it, it sort of hits you in between the eyes right away. It's like you don't have to think too much about it. It's kind of like very visceral. It's very right up front, which I figured in your work doing this very um, demanding physical regimen, and, and preparing for something that's like life or death, literally in some ways, yeah. uh, you, yeah. need to, you, need to, you need that adrenaline shot right off the bat. You know, so that's kind of what I, what I was going for.
6: Oh yeah, I can kind of, you know, walk up and, and have a little bit of you know that spunk where you're just moving around. There's some head movements or some mm-hmm. rolls, you know, that kind of thing. And every time Power Trip was, it was like in the lead. There's no doubt about see, it. See,
1: I, you know, I'm a lover, not a fighter. And and I guess I guess I, I did wonder if if uh, maybe standing in the way of control by the gossip, uh, the great Beth Ditto was a little bit soft. You know, that recurring refrain of you don't stop trying. You know, you don't want that. No, you are going to win. You want to know you were going to win, right? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah I, I, I pulled my punch,
2: <laughs> so to speak. Hey, I saw what you did there, Jim. That's good. Hey, That's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: I have to say one thing, you know, I also started to think a little bit more also when it comes to fighting songs and fighters and the style of fighting, because I could see the gossip working like a Mary J. Blige song, you know, in boxing. It's got mm. that rhythm. It's, it's a little bit, it's a different kind of fighting. You're, you're a different stance. You've got a lot more, um, movements every time you're throwing, you're moving and, and Muay Thai, it's just very brutal. It's, Walk up and do what you have to do and get it done quick. Wow! And it's and it's face to face. So I do think, uh, based on the style of fighting, the music has a has a role in that. I, I really, really noticed that.
1: That's a kind way of putting uh, putting me in my place uh, <laughs> for my failure. <laughs> will, will you at least give me that? Uh, standing away, Control is better than than Guns and Roses.
3: Absolutely.
1: Thank you guys so much. Well, thank you for coming to us for uh, these prescriptions, and uh, and good luck. I don't I don't think she needs it, Greg. No. <laughs> Does, I, luck I think nothing. Shannon can take care of herself. Luck yeah. has nothing yeah. to do with it when she <laughs> is in the ring. <laughs> you guys are fun. Thank you so much. If you're a listener who'd like to get some advice from The Rock Doctors, go to our website, soundopinions.org, fill out the form detailing your ailment, and we'll try to prescribe what you need.
7: Maybe we will get married. Nice. Trust in me on fire,
3: trust in me
2: on fire, trust in me on Angie McMahon is an up and coming singer songwriter hailing from Melbourne, Australia. That scene has launched some fantastic artists, some of whom we've had on the show, like Courtney Barnett. In the summer of 2019, Angie released her debut album, Salt, and it's full of thoughtful songwriting, rollicking guitar, and beautiful emotional vocals. She was on the road most of last year opening for the Irish artist Hozier.
1: On her Chicago tour stop, our producer Alex Claiborne caught up with Angie to talk about the meatloaf song <laughs> that got Angie hooked on Sonics.
7: Hey, my name's Angie McMahon, and I'm a singer-songwriter from Melbourne, Australia. And I would describe my music as melancholic emotional rock. <laughs> well, I don't have- The song that got me hooked on Sonics is "Bad Out of Hell by Meatloaf, which I feel like is a strange choice because it doesn't really sound like the music that I make or have ever made or probably will ever make, but it's so epic. Actually, it was the piano, I think, that hooked me into the song because I was piano student I have been for my whole life and I wasn't yet playing guitar and I wasn't yet writing songs at this point but the opening two minutes of the song is just instrumental and the piano is amazing sounding and I think I started picturing myself on stage as a rock musician like playing epic keyboards and like probably having spiky hair and silver eye makeup and like whatever was going on sparkles everywhere I think that the first time I was listening to that song was with my family driving, like long drives around Australia. And it's such a driving song. It's nine minutes long. And it just felt like such an epic thing to be listening to with the countryside zooming past and an amazing story to listen
3: to. The and the fires are howling down in the valley tonight. There's a man in the shadows with the gun in his eye and a blade shining no so bright. There's evil in the hair and there's thunder in the sky and a killer's on the bloodshot streets. Born oh,
8: down in the tunnel with a deadly arise and oh, I swear I saw a young boy down in the cover, he was stopping the foam and the heat.
7: The song is crazy. It feels like you're watching a film. And it's such amazing storytelling to have in a song. It's probably my first real introduction into rock music, but it also feels like an opera and it feels like cinema. And you're so brought into this image that he creates of, I don't know, being in a motorcycle accident. When I was listening to the song, me and my siblings would like sing along in all of the big parts and we were just hooked on the way that like the motorbike sound was created by guitars. I think I do love to take that really dynamic, almost, I would call it almost yelling, that vocal performance that can go from just dramatic intimate storytelling into epic
5: I'm dying at
7: the bottom of a pit you know and it like I would I love doing that and I love the songs that I write that kind of get to that place and I I guess I would reference back to meatloaf in that way
3: then I'm dying at the bottom of the pit in the blazing song torn and twisted at the foot of a burning when I think
7: And so that was definitely it was a a door opening for me into like you could do this and have fun with it and also you really like attention and maybe you like being on stage and it was like igniting these ideas in my brain that turned out to be my job ten years down the line. (laughs)
1: The Immortal, The Magnificent,
2: The Timeless, The Brilliant, Bat
1: Out of Hell
2: by (laughs) Meatloaf. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we are going to dig deep once again for some buried treasures, songs flying underneath the mainstream radar that we think you need to hear about. For more sound
1: opinions, you can listen to our podcast wherever you get such things. Join us in conversation on Facebook or Twitter. Our producers are Brendan Banaszak, Alex Claymore, Diana Contreras, and Andrew Gill.
4: Ring. Do you hear
3: me
1: sorry, On sound opinions, everyone's a critic. so now it's time to hear what you have to say.
6: New messages
0: Hi, my name's Julian. I'm calling from Lewis, Delaware. And if it's not too late, I was calling to recommend another album that I think is probably the best album of 2019. It's the debut from Malibu Ken, which is a collaboration between Aesop Rock and Tobacco. Tobacco is the front man from Black Moth Super Rainbow, a psychedelic rock band. He's done quite a bit of electronic music on his own. And the production on this album is pretty fantastic. I think it allows Aesop Rock's lyrics to come to the forefront and be really easily heard, which is is great because he has incredible flow. Tobacco's music here, it's very interesting, sounds kind of like a soundtrack to an 8-bit video game. Anyway, the collaboration is excellent, and I think it's worth checking out. Thanks.
1: Every day I wake up in a gown a sweat. cute blood, hit the shower, turn a Malibu, Kent. While you were asking all your lackeys, so we jackals and men? I've been a sorcery authority, should catch up the Kent.
0: Mostly a master of
8: Hey, Jim and Greg. Chris from Corner, North Carolina. One thing I have to say, one of the best records of 2019, and it's totally flown under the radar, it's called Terra by this band from Australia called Horace Bones. And it is just an absolutely stunning, stunning record. Um, it has all the feel of their Australian counterparts, the Birthday Party, Crime in the City Solution, but with this sort of modern, gnarly take, very reminiscent of uh, bands like Whale and Storm from North Carolina. It is absolutely fantastic. Listen to the track, Mercy Bullet. If that doesn't destroy your psyche, I don't know what will. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Hey, this is Ezra calling from the great musical city of Memphis, Tennessee. Just finished your decade in review. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to call in and just say that, strangely enough, when I considered, I think the album of the decade for me personally has to be The Suburbs by Arcade Fire. I know it's a critically acclaimed album. Of course, memorably one album of the year at the Grammys. But above all that, the album came out and I had just moved to Seoul, South Korea, living outside of the city proper so never lived abroad it's by myself i don't know if i would have made it through my time in korea I actually am, i'm doubtful i would have had that album not come out and it ended up being a wonderful experience um that album's still on a heavy rotation but it was certainly one of those right place right time right age kind of things that are beautiful when they happen to your music anyway happy new year's to you all and uh, good luck in the next year
4: My name is Brittany Chanel. I'm calling from California. And my album of the decade is Lupe Fiasco's Droga's as Waves. And the reason why I chose that album is because he so beautifully packages an album with lyricism and creativity and story of an idea of resurrection. And he goes in and he talks about slavery in a different light. It's very mythical. It's very fictional and the idea that slaves who were drowned in the ocean watched over the sea and helped protect and sink other
5: slave ships. So we walking back to Africa and I found a detour to the seashore. Yes, jumped off the deck to leave footsteps on the depths of the seafloor. Yeah.
4: Of course it's not true, but the amount of time and research he had to put into that, you know, he traveled and he learned lots of things I think a very timeless type of album and it's just a fun ride navigating through from the beginning of the album to the end. No more
6: messages.
2: To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions call our hotline 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.